Climbing the Pocket Network presents In the Huddle with Climbing the Pocket, Pocket Protectors, and 15 Minutes with Flip Mozzie. And we're back, gentlemen. Here we go. I mean, it's been far too long. We got our man, the good doctor, Eric. You're back. We've missed you terribly these last few weeks. We've got ourselves a slot on Big Easy's Media Tuesdays. How you doing? How you been? How are things? I've enjoyed watching the Vikings the last two weeks. Um, that's been a good time. Are you sure? Uh, Dalvin Cook is a you know is an amazing player. Uh, even you know I, now though. I feel like we're we're reaching a territory though where the last couple of weeks have sort of gotten the Vikings in a bad position. Oh well, I think we're gonna have to talk about that a little bit. And my man, Clamps, wide receiver one, DB one. What's going on, Miles? How you doing? I'm good. Just getting back in the groove. All right, that's what we like. like and- said, I think I'm gonna have to agree with Eric though. So we'll. I know Flip doesn't agree with anything Eric says, so I'm excited to see that. <laughs> or part. anyone else for that matter. My, yeah. Miles, this is a this is a new setup. You got a new room? You you finished that extension to the house? No, no. So this is my basement, but I finally got a desk to work in. Um, like Jason, I'll probably put some stuff on the wall, but my my treadmill's right behind me. There we go. I like it. I like it. And the only man that is worthy of of having his name under his face right now, well, man, Flip. How are we doing? Oh, doing well, man. Out on the West Coast. It got a little chilly here. Got that down to like 60 degrees. So having to deal with Shut that. Up. But it's, it's always it's fun to be doing now. the live show, boys. It's here <laughs> oh. right now. But... Oh, wow. Okay. It's I 70 imagine. in Ohio or so. Yeah, it's pretty warm uh, out there. Yeah, we get to watch Maction right now on, on ESPN in the background. So you <laughs> oh, can't, I can't, I can't hate that much. Nick, can you hear us? Hey, how's it going? Wow. The other guy's on, I don't see anyone. We did it. We've got Nick. We can see him. We can hear him. He's here on time for introductions and everything. Nick, my man, talk to the people. Tell them how you're doing. What you been up to? Can he still hear us? Nope. Adjusting I, you know. the camera. <laughs> Adjusting it. Nicholas, can you hear us? I, I just the only thing I did is I clicked the link from the DMs um, on my phone. So okay, but are you in? I don't know. Can you Maybe hear I'm clicking the wrong link or something? No, you're in. You're in the right place. You're just the only one on Skype because you you dialed in last. Because you're fifth. Um, yeah. This is Dave. For those that don't know, I'm producing the show, and we're having technical difficulties that Nick cannot hear anybody but me. Um, <laughs> okay. Well, tell Nick to introduce himself, David. Introduce yourself, Nick. (laughs) Hey, I'm Nick. You might know me from Twitter, I guess. (laughs) I'm also a Vikings fan, enjoying this uh, two-game winning streak, so excited to talk about. All right. Well, let's get into this in as awkward a fashion as possible. We won't put Nick right back on the spot. Eric, you've been making a lot of people really angry, including Dalvin Cook's agent, uh, talk to me My good about friend Zach. your good friend. Zach is upset with you. He seems to feel like every time Dalvin does something good, he needs to remind you about it. So talk to me about what's been going on with these Vikings over the last couple of weeks. You weren't here to reap the benefits of actually prognosticating that the Vikings could beat green Bay. When you were positive, we gave you some Thank shout you. outs. Flip Thank quickly you. said enough of yeah. that. And then stomped no. all over your good name. No. Oh, come on. Come on. <laughs> Me and Flip we're are in here. such a good spot right now. Even this evil can't <laughs> knock it down a little bit. Okay, Jason? Like, we're we're, we're in agreement on almost everything. And it's I feel like that's a singular point. So I know. It, it's freaking me out. I'm not going to lie. We have Flip and yeah. Eric agreeing about things. And so the Vikings, they've won a couple of games. Mike Zimmer is locked in. Let us all, let us all know we are a run-first team. He's been saying what that. What does this do for the Vikings as we move forward? Because you've said these these wins have set us back. We've got Dalvin in the MVP conversation, apparently. 
yeah, what's up? What have, have your Look, thoughts on a, the Vikings changed? There's a all. huge financial incentive for Mr. Hiller to want Dalvin Cook to win the MVP, obviously, given you know, probably, you know, money wise, what, what Dalvin wins and, and as a, and as an extension, what he ends up winning. So I get his approach. Um, but when you look at the, the league, you know, the obvious silliness, of course, is how brilliant Dalvin's been and, and the Vikings are still three and five. Um, and, you know, even to the degree that like, you know, Alvin, Alvin Kamara, who has been really the only weapon for a Saints team that's six and two right now, coming off of a big win against, uh, you know, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, a sweep of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, the, that, that to me is, is I think we aware if you're going to look for a running back, that's where you look. Dalvin's been amazing, but you know, the hard part about all of this is now, now what do you do if you're the Minnesota Vikings? I've been trying to, you know, hold on to, you know, our simulations, but basically, you know, the Vikings are as likely to pick in the middle of the first round now as they are to pick at the front end. And so you're back to sort of square one with Kirk. And I know, you know, he's played okay the last two weeks, but that's really the most maddening part of the Vikings is that Kirk Cousins is going to be the quarterback for a while unless something drastic happens. And the last two wins have sort of, because of Dalvin, have, you know, have made it so that the drastic things aren't going to happen. And I think that's disheartening for Vikings fans. Ooh, was that a, was that a side flip? When, when Eric said Kirk Cousins is the quarterback going forward, was that was that a that felt like a heavy side flip? Are you okay? See, yeah, and I I understand what Eric's saying, but I really just don't see it that way from what we're seeing from the Vikings. I, we we tried to do the numbers thing, we tried to do the pass offense, it didn't work, and we saw it. We all predicted that the second Kirk Cousins started throwing interceptions, game in game out, they were going to go back to Dalvin. So. This to me is almost a statement against Kirk Cousins because they they took the ball out of his hands. They're basically saying, you're not good enough. We've got to go with the running back now. And I don't know what that means long term, but it doesn't like Kirk Cousins does not benefit from the last two weeks. It's not a good it's not a good look for him. Miles, what, but, what's up? Man? Well, go for it. My Miles. question is. My question is, so you talk about Kirk and you talk about the passing offense not being successful, but they, against good teams, were at their best when they were passing the ball. Like, they didn't have a chance to be the Titans or the Seahawks without a good passing offense, right? Like, I'm not saying Kirk didn't throw them out of those games. I'm not saying Kirk isn't the reason they ended up losing those games, but at the same time, he's probably, at least the passing offense in itself, is probably a bigger reason that they're they were really in those games or had a chance to win those games than it was the, the run game. And then you see, we know Dalvin's an uber talented player. That's not, that's never been in question. Uh, the idea that this team should be a run first team. They're really good at running the ball against bad teams. The Packers were going to let the Vikings run the ball against them, even though it ended up losing them the game at the end of the day, they were going to always let the Vikings run the football. They did it last year. They're showing it again this year. Um, the Lions suck. So, I mean, that's just another situation where the Vikings just dominated that game. Um, not surprising. I mean, they're good at beating bad teams. I'm not calling Green Bay a bad team, but Green Bay let them run the ball stupidly. Like it wasn't an effective way to, to game plan, but it's what they've done against the Vikings for years. And they were expecting, you know, they're basically telling Kirk, we know you can't pass against us, so we're not going to let you. And so that's fair to your point. Well, but in terms of beating good teams, they're not really going to beat a good team the, the way they're set up right now. At least we're not going to see them beat, meet, beat most good teams, I should say. Not they, they, teams, I, I think but. that's the bet that they made, right? Like Kirk's top-end right. play can win in New Orleans in January, right? right. It's just that that top-end mm-hmm. play is complemented by a series of play that is not, you know, his, his median play isn't good enough to win 12 games a season the way that Breeze, Brady, Mahomes uh, – right. Russell, like all those guys, like their median play is 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 going to get you twelve games, you know, a season, and their top end play is Super Bowl caliber. Right. I think Kirk's top end play, at, along with a brilliant defense and a brilliant supporting cast, can win a big game, as we we've, we've seen it before. But the problem is, is like everything else, you know, you don't want to commit to it. It does feel a lot like I go. You guys remember twenty fifteen. But in 2015, the Vikings against San Francisco in week one tried to run shotgun, three wide receivers, 
And for whatever reason, it was just a struggle for Teddy and, and company to play well in that game. And almost immediately the Vikings, you know, sort of settled for like an, a power format, you know, basically like the offense that got, you know, uh, Adrian Peterson by hooker by crook to the rushing title. And like, ultimately I thought that that season curbed Teddy's development to a certain degree, but at the same time, it got them the enough wins to you know win the division. I think the same thing's going on with Minnesota right now, except for the goal is eight and eight, which is unfortunate. Well, I, can't we I guess- say that Kirk has been playing? I guess one of the things I, I just want to kind of push back a little bit on, on what Flip said is that on the one hand, yes, they did take the ball out of out of Kirk's hands. Like in the last two games, we've uh, attempted you know fewer passes combined than we did say against like Seattle and like you know and less than we did against uh, Atlanta. But Kirk has been incredibly efficient when given his opportunities over the last couple of games. I know we don't love passer rating, but these have been two of his his best games when you look at, you know, the the passer rating. And so I guess, yeah, I mean, yes, he's not throwing up like gaudy yardage totals, but that's something we've always kind of joked and laughed. And it's been a meme around Kirk where he's racking up yards that don't matter in a time of the game when like who actually cares? He's playing efficient for the most part in these last couple of games, is that enough? Like if Kirk's playing like that, is that enough? Is yeah. this formula where Kirk is efficient enough for them to maybe win some games against a team that is better? Okay, it's, uh, I, it's not. Well, I think we're <laughs> going to disagree here. Miles's point is the one I think to come back to, which is against bad teams, it absolutely is enough. Um, unfortunately, the the league and and the one of the reasons I was I was fading them this year is because in the first half of their schedule included a lot of good teams, and, you know, and and even a team like Atlanta when they hit all, when they hit on all cylinders, like you can't play that way. Like you have to be able to complement the run and the pass together. Um, you have to be able to pass as the first, you know, read. Um, and that, you know, they simply, you know, can't do that. Sometimes they can't reliably do that. They can, they some can't games reliably do that. Right. I mean, yeah. and that's the thing that we started this season trying to win on the right arm of Kirk cousins and it failed miserably. Well, it's it's because, not like it's because the run game, it's because the run game wasn't as effective because they were playing better teams. Uh, no, they came out passing. He was throwing in, he threw the, in an interception on the first play of games. He threw interceptions on the first drive of games. If you look at the per drive stats on football outsiders, the Vikings, even though Kirk hasn't thrown a pick the last two games, the Vikings are still 29th in interception per drive. They tried to do the pass first offense. It did not work. And that's why we are where we are right now. So the question is eight games into the season, three and five, knowing everything we know about this offense. If you're the offensive coordinator of the Minnesota Vikings, what is your what is your best strategy for winning the next football game? That's the, well, that's the tough live, question. Gonna, this team is going to live and die by the run game. They've they've well, what, what would you they do? Want, what would what would you do? What would well? I would have got rid of Kirk. I wouldn't have extended Kirk. That would have been the first part. <laughs> because well, because I know we I know I know we get a lot of this. Well, it's not always about Kirk, but it is the solution that Zim the philosophy that Zim has does not equate to what Kirk does. And Kirk is not the type of quarterback based off his pay, based off his ability to win you football games without a complimentary run game and everything else around him being perfect. That's essentially what it has yeah. been for Kirk. So if you're going to run this philosophy... And the hard part... It, go ahead. I was just going to say, with this philosophy, if you're going to have this type of style of, of play that Zim... We know Zim wants the run game to, to control the clock, and he wants to have a, a, an elite defense. Zim cannot have his elite defense with, you know, putting all the money and all the resources into a defense. If you're going to be paying your quarterback top, what, top six money, whatever his end up numbers ended up being, um, you can't effectively do that because Kirk doesn't overcome the weaknesses you have everywhere else, but, so, but you're still going to pay him as if he should, but he can't. So paying him to do that does you no favors. It's not, they don't match up to each other at all. So, Eric, yeah. again, this take brings a, us back because I was the victim of some Canadian on Canadian crime this week when we were kind of walking through this 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 sort of scenario. Krauser from from DN, I was pressing him a little bit just to get his thoughts on like what we should do with Kirk Cousins because he, like Nick, points out accurately so that if you go to the draft, it's unlikely the quarterback you get in the draft will be overall better than Kirk Cousins. Yeah. Right. And so if you draft someone 
they'll probably be worse. Like more than likely your team's not going to be as good. But as we were talking about before we came on the air, it does in many ways feel like the Vikings are stuck in the middle. I said mediocre. It made people mad. They're a little bit better than mediocre, but they're good for one season. The next season, they're average. Yes, that nets out to above average, slightly so, but it's not very good, and it's not elite, and it's certainly not ever with us really honestly feeling like we have a shot at the Super Bowl at the beginning of the season, or even when we get to the playoffs. We don't really think. We're like, let's give it a go. Let's maybe win a game make another game good and then go home and we consider only, that to be successful, right? And the reason 2017 was you legitimately a Super Bowl contending year was because they had hit on the right side of variance, the same 11 starters on defense that started week one, started in the playoffs. Um, and when you looked at the rest of the league, the one seed in the NFC was starting a backup quarterback. The Jaguars were starting a backup quarterback in, in Blake Bortles. And the the New England Patriots had kind of like a league a, a below average defense for once, and were kind of smoke and mirrors at the time. You know that I agree with you 100. percent I mean the the trickiest part about the Kirk Cousins, uh, you know, era in Minnesota is like think about the Dolphins, right? The Dolphins invested a ton of money in Byron Jones. They invested a ton of money in uh, basically taking New England's front seven and making it their own. Um, Van Noy, Landon Roberts, so on and so forth. And uh, Xavier Howard, they draft Noah Igbenogany in the first round, and then they get Tua. And that game against the Rams, what happened? Well, they got ahead because of some variance and a really good defense, and all Tua had to do was just drive the car, right? And everybody gave him shit because he wasn't good enough, blah, blah, blah. But you know what? Who cares, right? He's making barely anything. And, the, and, they, and he can because the rest of the team is is making all the money and he's a young quarterback and then when he comes back against Arizona and balls out all of that is over expectation if Kirk play, Kirk plays that game against Arizona we're all like well yeah but you expect him to he makes that much that's like it's the bar setting and all of the stuff that the Dolphins do that's awesome the Devonte Parker contract the uh you know the, you know, wasting money on Jordan Howard <laughs> and Matt Burita, all that stuff is fine because your quarterback makes barely anything. And I think that's what a young quarterback represents. Now in Minnesota, it gets thorny because obviously one of the non Kirk years that you're going to be paying for Kirk when he's not there, but, but that's the promise of a young quarterback. The slack is so much, it, it, you're not wound that, as tightly as, as you are when you have a veteran. What, what I can't, I, I always have trouble articulating this, but it's okay. You don't have to be terrible in order to reset. If you look no. at your roster and you have the pieces in place to shift towards a new quarterback, then you go ahead and do it no matter what your record is. And that's why eight and eight is okay as long as they're willing to separate from and go in a different direction. What's killing me about the Vikings is they seem like eight and eight is an acceptable result and a reason to keep everything the same, keep that continuity. But it gives them hope. But it gives them hope it, for the it, future. We, we, if, if we go yep. eight and eight in 2020 with Justin Jefferson and Dalvin Cook locked up long term and Brian O'Neill and Ezra Cleveland, and you even have Riley Reef through 2021, and you have all these young defenders coming on board, and you you drop a new quarterback into a roster that has all that promise that went 500 last year. There's a huge amount of upside there, and you've protected your downside too. The cap will be a mess, but you can make the transition rather than having this like all in or or you know wait and see mentality. You just you make the move when it makes don't line sense. up with each other. They exactly. don't line up with each other because of what they want. Zimmer's philosophy and how Zimmer wants to win and how he usually does win doesn't line up with what they have. This Dalvin it's Cook not. success, it, yeah. This Dalvin Cook success is not a reason to keep Kirk. It's a reason to move on from Kirk. If that's the so, if my whole thing is if the, and I'm sure Zimmer's been saying this since before they signed Kirk. The idea is, I need to continue to build my defense continuously because defense isn't sustainable. Um, we know that we have our core pieces on offense. Just put in a quarterback that's not going to turn the ball over and screw things up. 
Zimmer very much hates the quarterback position, and we know it. He's, yeah. he's pretty open about it. But now he's also paying his quarterback top, you know, top five, top whatever the number is, money, elite elite level money. When his quarterback doesn't, and he doesn't overcome, even have Sheldon Richardson anymore, and he doesn't have Sheldon Richardson, <laughs> but his quarterback doesn't his his quarterback doesn't overcome all the other obstacles that he needs to be successful because of the way his philosophy and his style is to win. And so they don't line up with each other well. So it's, my whole thing has always been, why are you putting Zimmer in this situation if he's the guy that you want to lead the charge while also trying to say, well, but Kirk's our guy. They don't line up with each other. Like they might as well hate each other. Because Kirk stops you from being terrible, which probably stops Spielman from getting fired. I mean, isn't that a good enough reason? If you inserted a quote unquote worse quarterback than Kirk, they could still be a an eight and eight team. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because I think them, it, I think it's a situation where like team with anything. Yeah, I think it's a situation where the creative tension isn't worth it, right? It's sort of like you know, in baseball, you can you can you can say like, okay, this guy's more valuable hitting in the three spot, um, you know, all the time. But if he's not comfortable hitting in the three spot, then all the edge is gone, right? Like Zimmer, you know, having a good quarterback could make could take Zimmer to new heights. But since he's not, um, you know, since he's not comfortable with it, like he, you know, it, it takes the edge away, right? And and you know, Bridgewater was always that guy. And I don't know if you guys watched the Carolina game; Bridgewater was amazing again. Um, you know, mm-hmm. like if you get if you get him at fifteen million or twenty million, I think his price is probably up after after this season. But like, um, you know, that's something where you know Zimmer's comfortable with it, and so maybe he's just a better coach as a result, right? Because Right. You know the the edge is there, and again, call, it's not just call San Francisco. Call San Francisco and swap quarterbacks I, <laughs> and rework Jimmy's contract. I don't know. Yeah, and, and Jimmy Jimmy G's contract really easy to get out from under. That, that's the yeah, that's the difference, yeah. and why probably San Francisco is not willing to, um, you know, probably do that. Unfortunately, well, but yeah. at, they're they're at a point too though that they need they need to look at something. Jimmy G's not a guy for them. I think Kyle Shanahan's gonna like try to make a move this off season. I mean, he's the type that wants a quarterback that he can build around. Well, Jimmy G's not that guy. I don't, I'm not saying Kirk is either, but, but I think Jim or Kyle's worked with Kirk and probably has some belief in him. Mm-hmm. And, and the other thing I just want to mention is draft position also tends to be a little overrated in these conversations. You can get a good quarterback anywhere in the first round. You can trade up for that quarterback it's okay to sacrifice a little bit more as long as you're getting a QB that you believe in and a QB that you have a good evaluation on. Um, but so, if, so here, here's my quick, quick question on that flip. If you're going to be bad and you know, you're not a playoff caliber team, what's the point of being mediocre and still bad and not making the playoffs when you could just be oh. bad and get the quarterback in the pit at the pick you have, where people want to jump you to get quarter, the quarterback you want or covet because of your draft position. That's the only thing I, th- I say. There's no point in being meh in a, in a season where you know you're not going anywhere. So if you can like lean into being really bad, at least benefits you to make it easier to find or get that quarterback without having to yeah. trade up. If, what, if you, what, ha- what if you say, have, Jason? Hashtag, if you, hashtag team trade back. If you yeah. have well, then, uh, and the hit no. You asked me a question. The hit rate is pretty is pretty bad on quarterbacks that are drafted from like basically I mean Mahomes is maybe an outlier, but ten to ten to thirty two, you know, until Lamar and Mahomes came by, like the hit rate is pretty bad in the sense that like they do bifurcate, right? Like it that that would be my like so the 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 real question is are you forcing yourself into a quarterback? Or, or do you have an honest eval on a good quarterback? Because that's right. 90% 100%. of the decision. It You could give up three first-round picks, and if you get the quarterback right, you're fine. So yep. the whole icing on top, oh, we didn't have to trade up for a quarterback, that's nice, but the main goal is putting yourself in a Kansas City situation where you have oh, yeah. an get Alex Smith. Just get the guy. You get the guy. 100%. And, like, get the guy. Or even, like, a Carson Wentz, not the best example, but still, it was like, get get the guy. Um, like, what the Rams did with Jared Goff, they, they kind of forced themselves into picking that guy number one overall. Not the best pick, but they also – It wasn't even, wasn't even McVay's pick either. 
He wasn't even there. Right. Right. And but but they also <laughs> got a coordinator who's like, I'm going to build around him and do whatever I can to make the situation work. So though, like the quarterback and the scheme are way more important than how much draft capital you have to get to get your yeah, QB. The, the big mistakes are, you know, it, you know, the sort of in hindsight, obviously, but also just just like the biggest mistake is taking the the next quarterback. So there were three first round quarterbacks in 2011. The Vikings get ponder right at 12. Right. And it's like, right. OK, crap or the other one which we've seen a lot and cleveland is i think the biggest uh culprit here is trading back into the first round to get your quarterback in the in the 20s right so we saw manzel whedon brady quinn uh paxton lynch for denver um you know even jay Jay cutler yeah jay cutler for denver um and you know ej manuel josh freeman for tampa bay like right. the guys in sort of that like that region have always been kind of like well we have to take a quarterback in this spot and not to say the second rounders have done all that much better i mean when you look at um you know for example uh you know like like for every for every andy dalton there's jimmy clausen right and for every colin kaepernick um you know there's there's you know guys that are drafted in that position that aren't good um, but you know, it, it, it bears to mention that like in that second part of the first round is what people are afraid of because almost all those guys are reaches. Right. Right. Again, uh, like well, you, you can tell before, hold on one sec flip because uh, we, we, we are at time. So I want to make sure that we give yeah. our man, the most hated man on Vikings, Twitter, um, and, and maybe Vikings running back agent, Twitter, uh, a proper send off as he does have some more recording, some more radio to do today on on Media Tuesday. So, Eric, thank you for 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 popping in, making the time, and uh, I look forward to seeing what you drop on the timeline tomorrow to get folks riled up. Of course, you guys are the yes, best. Uh, looking forward to this weekend. Um, you know, t- you know, uh, this is this is one of my favorite things every week. So, uh, take care, everybody. Yeah, See you, man. man. Have a good take one. Take it easy. Yeah, Eric. Should have asked him love- some betting advice before he left. <laughs> we went straight into Kirk. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if we got Eric here, we got to. And Nick will yeah. pop on maybe, you know, so he can go the other way and, you know, maybe give us some more balance takes. Let us know why we're all wrong for not jumping in with both feet on the Kirk Cousins. Since, you know, I mean, yeah. Well, that's what they, so that's the thing is I understand when someone says the Vikings should have just leaned into Kirk. They should have. If you're going to pay a guy that much money, you're going to have weapons around him. Just lean into him. But that's where I just but don't understand. Leaning you into him to- means you have to accept the good and the bad. And Zim's already shown a couple games of the bad, and we're going back to Dalvin. Well, and that's, and that's just what what thing lean under- into him means you under- fix the offensive line. Well, sure, but at the same time, I also don't understand the idea that you you could really be that different in how you believe in building a roster because clearly Zim and Spielman have a different idea of how they should be built be building this roster I think we saw it last year I obviously saw it when they signed Kirk and I think you're seeing it now like when they extended Kirk I Zim did not seem like he wanted to bring Kirk in the start and now it doesn't seem like he wanted to like extend him because of the way he wants to build his team but Spielman on the other hand is looking for the stability at the quarterback position that he's never had. So he's like, well, dude, I'm trying to keep my job. So I need a quarterback that's good enough to keep my job, but you don't seem to care about the position, but you need a defense that's good enough to keep your job. So I don't know. They're, they're weird. It's a, it's a weird. Dichotomy. Fire everybody. <laughs> I, it's a weird yeah, but situation flip, though. For you, real. You're saying fire everybody, which is strange because I know it's still too early for you, but the Vikings look poised to maybe make a run and you said don't talk to me until they get to 500 like that that looks realistic it i i can see it right there looking at the schedule because we started off like eric was saying we were looking at the quarterbacks they were going to be facing and it was like wow it's a murderer's row to start the season things look a little different now with you know nick Foles coming up next you know i don't who's playing quarterback for the cowboys Gilbert on Monday Cooper night in Rush. Chicago. Do you think this yeah. team beats Chicago in Chicago on Monday night? I mean, this is as good a chance as they have in a while. No, Nick Foles. We don't think that we can get some revenge they, on Nick Foles. 
I mean, they've lost to Chase Daniels and Mitch Trubisky, so I. Oh yeah, this, sure. You, you're you're making some very good points, Nick. Can you hear us? I can't. Loud and clear. Boom. We have Nick in the building. Nick, how are you doing, my friend? I'm doing great, man. Good to see y'all. Well, you missed all the fun when we talked about your man, Kirk Cousins. And uh, yeah, all the reasons. Why, what did you call it before the show? The Dalton the, the, the Dalton line flip? The Andy Dalton line. It's a around the NFL podcast. They're always, they compare every quarterback in the league and they ask themselves, is this quarterback better or worse than Andy Dalton? Now that's kind of, that's, this was back a couple years ago when Andy Dalton was like your, your main average quarterback. Now the Andy Dalton line is probably something more like a, like a Carson Wentz line, but, but the, the point is like, you get to rate, do you, it's how you, a quick way to know whether you have a good quarterback or not. Oh, and so we have a, a commenter saying they're going to end up making a playoff run week by week, playing themselves out of a quarterback. Yep, you know, that's where we're at. And so, Nick, yep, make the argument. Do it. Make the argument. We need you to make the argument, Nick. You don't need to go 0-16 to draft a quarterback. Patrick Mahomes, the number 10 pick, and the Chiefs traded up for him. You know, the 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 Lamar Jackson, the number 32 pick. You don't need, you don't need number one pick. You know, you just need to take a shot. And the Vikings, I, you know. Yeah. What you want, the what you the want. The Vikings the don't take those shots. You want to have I a love team. having Nick on the show. <laughs> you, <laughs> thanks, Lev. It's good to be back. Uh, you want to have a team that like a rookie quarterback can come in and have some success with. You don't want to you don't want to be the Jets and be a perpetual bottom feeder because that's not a situation where like even Trevor Lawrence is it's gonna be a tall ask, you know. If Trevor Lawrence has like a historically good quarterback season is worth like five wins above replacement. Okay, now now it's a six win team, so you still got a lot of work to do, you know. So, look, look, I I think the Vikings should be winning games because when they win games, it means other guys like Ezra Cleveland, Armin Watts, uh, Jeff Gladney start to break out, and you you start to think about maybe we don't need to fill as many spots. And you know, you always want to improve the quarterback position if you can, but you don't need a number one pick to do that. You can always trade up. You can always make a move. There are always guys who fall. Maybe, you know, there's there's going to be a guy who's available where they pick. So I think the goal should always be be as competitive as you can because intentionally losing games or just having a very bad roster is 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 only going to make it harder to get back into contention. I love well, that. We knew, we, knew about, we knew this team wasn't going to be a 3-13 and 13 team. As bad yeah, as they yeah. were to, to yeah. start the season, we knew they were going to be 3-13. and 13. That's just not so, Nick. This, so, this team because good, you are that good. side of, of of the debate on this on this podcast, that that is that is the role that you play. But it is, I think, it's a fair position for you to take on because there are many things you can point to with the quarterback with Kirk Cousins to say that like he's doing well. Flip said that the last couple of games, as well as Dalvin, have played have actually been an indictment on Kirk Cousins because they've taken the ball away from Kirk and basically said we don't trust that you can can be the one to, to be the engine of this offense anymore. I made a counter argument that, you know, Kirk has been somewhat efficient, even though Dalvin has been going off in these games. What are your thoughts on, on where you see things at this point, you know, midway through the season with how we need to really think about how we need to win games as we roll things forward? Yeah. I mean, I think the last couple of games, you know, it Mike Patton doesn't care about run defense. So when it comes to like the Packers, like, they will literally choose not to defend wide zone runs just so that they can have like the backside defensive end crash down on play action. And so like, if they're not going to defend that gap, you might as well just keep giving Dalvin the ball because like they don't, and their linebackers are so bad at, at run fits. Like it's, it's, they just like deliberately choose the wrong gaps. It's like amazing. So, you know, I don't really think that's taking the ball out of Kirk's hands. I think that's just realizing like, you can throw to Jair Alexander, or you can have Dalvin Cook run against like one of some of the worst linebackers in the NFL. So, uh, I think it's just sort of game situation. You know, you, you you take the matchup. I agree that it's probably says something that like they they want to be in a position where they're not in a drop back passing game. They want to be able to be multiple. They want to be able to do you know rely on the play action passing and then a lot of a lot of run heaviness. Um, and that probably is to an extent an indictment on Kirk Cousins because he's not able to necessarily, you know, uh, uh, extend plays and and work necessarily out of a pure shotgun um, drop back passing game where he's taking deep dropbacks. So uh, that that is a valid complaint, I think, and it's a, something that Kirk Cousins doesn't bring to the table. 
Um, my my thought on Kirk Cousins this year is, look, he's he's playing about as well as he always does. Uh, he's, he's like, the PFF loves him. You know, he's like, I think PFF's number eight quarterback right now. Um, the garbage time stats have kind of evened out now um, because he's played well when it comes to, uh, uh, you know, more 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 winnable game situations. His accuracy is still there. Hey, Flip, he yeah. might be the Andy Dalton line based on the, uh, the, the, the stats that David just flashed Honestly, up there. Dakota, he... he <laughs> he pretty much is. Like, we've already had one team decide, like, he's good, but he's not quite good yep. enough, so we're going to franchise I'd say him and Jimmy G are like... He is. He is the Andy Dalton. <laughs> he is. I was wrong. Like, it's not Carson you know, Wentz. Carson's way down there. My thought is, regardless of what you think about Kirk Cousins, a quarterback is so important that you always want to be try to be improving. If you have a shot to improve it, go for it. I don't care how good your quarterback is. If you have Patrick Mahomes, but you think there's a prospect out there who could be even better, then, you know, forget Patrick Mahomes. You know, quarterback is so valuable. You can upgrade there. Always go for it. So, you know, I, I like Kirk. I think he's good enough for a team that is a QB away. I think the Vikings are a lot more than a QB away right now. So I'm not sure about that. They brought, so that's the issue. They brought him in because they felt that they were a QB away. Like, that's, the, that's, my, whole, that's my whole issue is they brought him in because they were a QB away, which every team is technically a QB away unless you're the, the you know, the Chiefs. The Jets. The, the Jets. The, the Jets, yeah. <laughs> like, the, the top-tier teams obviously all have elite quarterbacks, and you're you're always a QB away because you need to upgrade those positions because there's a reason you're not most of the time unless you're the Cowboys when Dak Prescott was healthy. You know, some of these other teams, Russell Wilson even, even having an elite team, their team overall sucks um, besides Russell who keeps them in football games and wins them football games by himself. Um but yeah, that's that's been my biggest issue is the Vikings brought in Kirk because they truly felt that they needed more stability and they needed a quarterback. They were a quarterback away because they had a loaded roster, which they did. The issue is how they, like I think Flip and I, we were all talking about this before, is their whole philosophy. What's the point of paying your quarterback the amount of money you need to to keep someone like Kirk, to extend someone like Kirk, if the idea is to take the ball out of his hands and to run the ball the way they do with Dalvin Cook. What's the point of paying your quarterback the amount of money you do and hand, handcuff yourself that way if you're not going to lean into the quarterback himself and let him be the, you know, the, the do or die type of scenario because they want Dalvin Cook to be the guy. They're literally giving him the ball. What has he seen? How many touches a game? Like 35? I, he's seeing too the many. ball. Oh, too many. It's too many. Exactly. But they're going to keep doing it because it's what's working. But it just shows an indictment to your guys' point that, well, maybe Kirk's not the guy, and maybe Kirk shouldn't have got the extension he got because we don't want the offense to run through him. We want it to run through Dalvin. So, again, what's the point of paying your quarterback the amount you do? Yeah, I mean, well, if, you pull, up, if you pull up can that we, grab. Can we, take, can we take a turn real quick? Because we do have Nick back. And yeah. You know, Nick tends to bring some positivity. It used to be Miles, but Kirk has, has – I don't know what Kirk did to Miles this season. But we got Nick here. So I, I want to take a turn for the last little bit of the it's show. Not here. Even Kirk, Nick, it's not even Kirk, though, Jason. <laughs> Who it's is not. it then? Is it Zim? It's, philosoph- it's the philosophy. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. Nick, tell us some things that some, – some positives, some glimmers, some some things that we should be excited about right now as Vikings fans. Uh, as we roll through the rest of the season, because I still like, I feel like we should beat the Bears, I, and and I think in a couple of weeks we're going to be looking at a team that's five hundred, and there's going to be hope. As much as you know, you know, flip, Mister, uh, can't remember it was for all fifty three members, but that guy that we used to know. Um, yeah, tell me what are the things that I should be looking forward to when I look at this team? Because I mean, we're winning some games. The blocking hasn't been awful. Ezra Cleveland showing that the Vikings coaches are once again smarter than all of us, having him in there at guard, doing his thing over the last couple of games. Jeff Gladney, all PFF team. Like, Nick, what else? What are the other things that we should be really excited about on this team? Because we know Kirk Cousins might not be the guy, but, I mean, he's the guy. He's going to be the guy for this foreseeable future. So who else should we look at and be excited about the way they've been developing over the course of this season? Yeah, it's crazy. When we were like one and five, like this roster looked so this look it looked like a dumpster fire. But now that we've won a couple of games, you've seen a couple of guys break out. I mean, Gladney had legitimately like a very, very top tier cornerback performance. It's one of the best we've seen in a while. 
Um, it, he wasn't necessarily going up against like Julio Jones or anything, but he was he was very sticky in coverage. He he fires down on like screens or like swing passes immediately. He doesn't miss tackles. He's really good in run support. He's not afraid to get in there, get physical. He's really really good at making plays on the ball. You saw that when he forced that incompletion on that 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 sort of intermediate out route last week. So he had like a legitimately phenomenal game. He has all the traits that like would project well to be like the starting slot corner with versatility to play play outside. So, I mean, that's awesome when you have your first round corner, like turning out, coming out, having a great game. That's awesome. So that projects very well. And he's also like a high upside player because he's such an elite athlete. So that's really exciting to see. It makes you excited about his future. I think Armin Watts showed a lot. You know, he had a really rough, like he his, his PFF grade first four games was like in the 50s and the 40s. It was like awful. Well, his last four games were like in the 80s and 70s. So he's, he's like, I think he's been a top three graded Vikings defender three out of the last four weeks. So he's played really well. And he's and that's on pretty significant snaps too. Like both as a run defender, he's got sort of the bulk and the he's the he's able to take on double teams in the run game. He's able to hold his gap against stretch stretch zone plays. Um, but he's also really good as a as a as a pass rusher. So those guys are starting to emerge. You're seeing some other guys. And then in terms of long-term hope, like ha- literally half the defense is on injured reserve or COVID reserve or whatever. Like, I think you can honestly make the argument that like the guys that are on reserve right now, that defense is better than the current. Like if you take Daniil Hunter, Michael Beers, uh, Anthony Barr, uh, Mike Hughes, and Holton Hill, all of whom are on reserve, and all the other backups like um, uh, Cam Smith or whoever, uh, the other like rotational guys, <laughs> that defense might be better than the current one. <laughs> so I don't know. I mean, there's reason to think this team will bounce back next year. And obviously the other thing for this year is the schedule gets so much softer. You know, you're going from two games of Aaron Rodgers and, and former MVP winners, Russell Wilson, to like Gardner Minshew and whoever whoever Dallas has a quarterback right now. So things are going to get easier. It doesn't guarantee win, wins or anything, but things are going to get easier. All right. So Flip, talk to me about it. Miles, we we, we know Miles is, is not feeling Monday night, Soldier Field, Nick I, I love... <laughs> Talk to me about this matchup, Flip. How do you feel about it? Are you confident Super, hey, going hey, in? Super, Super Bowl MVP, Nick Foles. Put some respect My fault. On my him. fault. I'll put some respect <laughs> on that man's name. <laughs> Flip, how are you feeling about this matchup? I love uh, the Vikings and their 2021 prospects right now. <laughs> <laughs> When is the last time we went into a Bears game thinking that we weren't going to win it? I mean, we never think we're going to win it. <laughs> you never okay, think we're going to win it? Wait, David well, had to go and put that up right up on the screen. When, four and 16 yeah, in Chicago. Four and 16. <laughs> Every time we play the Bears, we think it's a winnable game. And then it's like oh, some yeah. BS on Halloween or... It's some, um, it's some like oh Anthony Harris breakout game, but we still lost by fifteen points. It's man, get, get twenty eighteen to go to, to get into the playoffs to get into the playoffs to be a shitty Bears team at home to go to the playoffs. You couldn't do it. To go to you could, can't do it every single time you play the Bears. It's like oh this is a winnable game, and. It doesn't happen. So maybe I'm looking too far in the past. Maybe I need to look forward. You want me to look forward. I keep on saying, talk to me about the playoffs when we get to 500. You want to get to 500, you got to beat the Bears. Only way you do that right now is hope Dalvin Cook doesn't get hurt. So like I said last week, Jason, if Dalvin Cook stays healthy, then I think we're going to win. Okay. I like that. How about you, Miles? What are your thoughts outside of the fact that, you know, we never beat the Bears. If you're just looking at this game, analyzing the matchups, how do you feel about how the Vikings we've seen, not just in the last two weeks, but over the entire course of the season, match up against this Bears team, whom most are calling paper tigers? Like their record is okay, but like they no one thinks they're any good. So like how do we actually Bears, match up? The Bears have a weird, a weird situation, a weird roster build. They're I feel like they're trying to build the roster similar to the way the Packers are, in that they have one elite receiver, and then they don't care about anything else around him. Uh, they have a worse run game and a worse quarterback, but they want they want to put some respect on Dar- Darnell Mooney's name. <laughs> you're right. You're right. You're right. My bad. Um, hey, hey, he might he might go off. Just hey, um, but no, like they, but he was a fifth round pick. We don't need to go there. Um, but they have a, a strong defense. They want to be successful in the run. 
in the run game, which they've been like horrendously bad. Like it, I don't even know if I'd put it on David Montgomery, which that's another point is most running backs make their offensive lines better, right? Dave, poor, poor David Montgomery doesn't do that. And he also doesn't have a good offensive line. So they don't ma- mesh well together. So I think the Vikings, if they can do well against the run, which I expect them to do, uh, just because the Bears aren't, haven't been good at, in the run game, uh, I think if they can just contain Allen Robinson and not let Darnell Mooney get deep, I think they have a good chance on defense to be, you know, overall successful. They've been trending up. Um, to to Nick's point, I'm I'm a big Jeff Gladney fan, so I think him trending upwards is positive because he's the type of player who seems like, you know, when that confidence is up, that guy's just gonna be that guy's gonna be really good. Like he's the type of player. It's a it's all a mindset thing for him. And so I think once he's him starting to figure out, um, there's some of that like Jair Alexander. I don't think he has that, quite that upside. But I think he has that type of mentality, that like dog mentality that, you know, I'm not going to let the guy in front of me beat me, and which is what you want at cor- cornerback. Um, so I think if he can, you know, m- maybe match him up against Allen Robinson, you know, double team Allen Robinson and kind of, you know, kind of do what they've been doing with the cover two shells and making sure they don't get beat deep. On the offensive side of the ball, I mean, they've let guys like Cleo Mack and Akeem Hicks destroy them the last three seasons. So I think that's always a, a you know, a question mark there. That's always a, a worrisome situation. Um, but I think with the way they've been running the football, we know that they're going to focus on the run game. How it, it comes down to Kirk Cousins. I, I hate going back to this, but it really is going to be about Kirk Cousins and how the pass game can succeed against a, a stingy Bears defense. Because we know the Bears are going to hyper focus on Dalvin Cook, as they should. The offense runs through Dalvin Cook. So guess what you should do? Not let Dalvin Cook be the reason you lose. Because if you're going to lose a foot, like the Vikings are at a point where you're playing a team, they'd rather not lose to Dalvin cook. They'd rather like let Kirk cousins try and beat them than Dalvin cook, because they know that if Dalvin cook gets going, he's the type of guy that's going to break games open. Kirk's been iffy with that. So I think um, we're going to see a little bit more of the focus on the run game, focus on Dalvin cook. But what is, how does the offense respond to that? How, what's the weather look like in Chicago? That a lot of these questions, I don't know the answer to, but it's kind of it'll be fun. It'll be fun to watch. But it's prime time Monday night on the road. It's hard to be optimistic, but I do think they have a chance <laughs> if, if things kind of swing their way. I, that's kind of where I'm at. This, this is the All best right, Nick, defense talk, they've played since Indianapolis. Talk to me, Nick. How how you that's feeling about this one? And and yeah, with that point the flip just made about us playing a team that actually plays defense again. What are your thoughts on on how this one goes? Yeah, it's interesting because, like, I think the betting markets are are correctly setting this one right, that the Vikings, even though it's in Soldier Field, the Vikings should be favored because the Vikings are just a better team, um, better coach, certainly. And I, I think they're better at the more important positions like quarterback and, and the receiver group as a whole. I think Allen Robinson, you can make the argument, is the best of the bunch. But I think when it comes to Jefferson, Thielen, and the other receiving options the Vikings have, I take the Vikings there. And that's, that's what's usually predictive. You know, if you've got a good defense going up against a good offense, Usually good offenses, you know, are, are the more predictive um, side of the field. So there, I, I get like the like the, the math of why the Vikings are favored here. But in my heart of hearts, I just know everything is conspiring against us. So I don't know. I, I, I think um, I think uh, Miles point is, is right. I think this is, a, you know, the Bears are going to be very focused and keyed in on stopping the run stopping Dalvin Cook and getting to a point where they their their pass rush can pin their ears back because they know we've seen it before Riley Reef cannot handle Khalil Mack. I don't really think Brian O'Neill can handle Khalil Mack 101 on like a deep, you know, third down. So uh, you don't want to you want to avoid those situations. So it'll be interesting. I think having Dalvin Cook helps Kirk Cousins though because I don't think we're going to be seeing a lot of like two high shells going forward very much just because nobody wants to face Dalvin Cook, you know, down a man in the box or whatever. So I, I think there are reasons to think that Vikings should be able to do something attacking downfield. I know Kubiak yeah, has a lot of success doing that. Oh, um, oh no. I, don't know. I you. think we're losing you. Yeah, I think we're losing you, Nick. Nick, can you go stand next to the router? Sorry, am I breaking up? Nope, yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. We have a frozen Nick now. But I feel like we got the gist of what he was saying. Uh, Bears defense, not going to let Dalvin beat them, and our tackles can't hold up if we get stuck in pass rushing situations. Is that a that feel like a fair synopsis? 
also director david can we can we mute nick yep. remotely <laughs> i can mute myself i mean we can mute you flip but can we mute nick oh oh, oh. i feel like we're good he's frozen but we can't hear the feedback uh and everyone seems to have a similar similar take on how this one's going to go uh it's going to come down to kirk cousins that and, that uh, that yeah. that synopsis by Nick went exactly how when that that synopsis by Nick went exactly how the Vikings play against the Bears. Just like you think it's gonna be all <laughs> you think it's gonna be all good, and then it just just falls all apart, man. It just falls apart. <laughs> oh, and we got the weather. Oh, we for got the, the weather. Okay, that 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 change yeah. your analysis at all? It's gonna be. Little chill, nothing we can't no. handle though. Yeah, no. Long term, you know, I think that the Vikings. I'm I'm happy that they're awake now. They're competitive. They look like they're showing up in these games. I mean, it's only been two games in a row where they've shown up, but that's been great. The Kirk Cousins uh, turnovers have subsided. That's also a really positive sign. Uh, I never like to have to assume that they are going to win all of the remaining winnable games on the schedule just to make the playoffs. But Dalvin Cook is a horse you can ride, and he's valuable, and he's outplaying his contract right now. So so let's see what they got. Let's see if they can keep that guy going, keep him healthy, and get another Division W. All right. I like it. Miles, any final words? What are you going to be looking for in this game? What's yeah, your key? I'm kind of with you guys. My key is the offense. I think the offense is the is is the key here because we know that we know what they want to do, but can they continue to do it and be successful with it? Um, the Bears, like to Flip's point, the Bears are a better defense than what we've seen the last few weeks. Can they overcome uh, a, a good defense? Because we haven't seen it. We haven't seen them do it in a while. So. I just want to see if that's something that they can be successful in uh, on the road on Monday night against a division rival. All right. And that is it. As always, viewers, thanks for coming on and joining us this evening. Listeners, thanks for listening. Thank you. And uh, thanks for riding with us through all the uh, the ups and downs and, and technical ins and outs that comes with this live show. And, uh, yeah, we will talk to you soon. Have a good one. School Producer bikes. David. Thank you for watching or listening. As always, if you like, subscribe, and ring the bell for notifications. And if you're listening to the podcast, please rate us on your favorite aggregator. Go, everybody.